This is Life Change Church, Muskegon. What are you doing while you listen? Driving, mowing the lawn, folding the laundry, multitasking? We're so glad you're here. Subscribe and share this weekly podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, on iTunes, or at mylifechangechurch.tv. Join us in person Sunday mornings at 9.30 or 11.30, or catch us on Facebook Live. Here's Pastor Ron Rands. Today we're going to be uh, talking about hearing from God. This is going to be part two in this message series. Last week we um, kind of referenced and had to help you that how God speaks to us in the Old Testament and now he's speaking in the New Testament through Jesus and that Jesus can be referencing who he is and we even went through like six different verses and talking about how Jesus healed people six different ways. Well today I'm going to um, have you Again, go into, your, into the Word, have, hopefully you're writing notes, and if you're watching this online, you can maybe stop it and then watch it over, but I want to reference some passages to you that are imperative to understand, especially in this hour. And before I do that, uh, I do want to, to talk just a little bit about even what was just said just a moment ago in song, or before that song. There's so much division that's going on, political division, um, color division, so much division when it comes down to whether I'm supposed to wear a mask, whether I'm not supposed to wear a mask, so much and pointing. Let me just tell you how important this is, is that Satan divides. That's his objective. It's always about division. And it's important for us to understand that God gave us his spirit that we might be unified that we might be one. Now, in fact, the Bible says that the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, that they are one. Today, that's what the enemy is trying to do, is get us so divided. My, my son um, uh, yesterday was literally um, in, a, in a workplace and another, um, another person came up and says, you know, it's your demographic. That's why this is, we're having the epidemic we have today. Dividing demographically, you know, to the older, to the younger, to the, you know, the color. This is, we have, to, we have to be above this in Christ. We have to, you know, and these accusations and these things are going to come. The Bible says that there will be persecution that will come, but how do we respond to that? What spirit are we responding to the unholy or the ac- accusatory spirit? People don't even know, they're just scared. If, you know, I remember having a, a pet, one of my, you know, for life, his um, name was Rocky and he's a boxer dog. And we just, we did everything together. And I remember going through college and my studies in a very, and I was working full time and I was in uh, college full time. And it was just, it was a really stressful time in my life. And I remember me and Rocky, we'd go swimming together. We'd just run together. We'd do everything together. And, and uh, Rocky got cancer. And the dog was just, you know, he was still my dog, but he was just really, obviously because of his circumstances, was really struggling. And, you know, and we would, we couldn't run together anymore. We couldn't swim together anymore. We would basically just almost coexist together. And uh, I remember him getting to that point where he could, you know, barely lift up his head and look at me. Because he, you know, for so many times he had given me strength. 
just as a pet. We just, you know, he was just so full of life and, and you know, and uh, so full of just, you know, um, uh, I'm just going to say vigor to do things. And, and we would just do everything together while all of a sudden he was looking to me for that energy. You know, and I think that's what's, what we have to realize that we are so full of Christ. And this world is looking for life. They're scared. They are scared. There's a spirit of fear that's going rapid across our world, not just across our nation, not just across our county, but it is a spirit of fear. And we are those who are content. We are those who are assured. We are those who are full of life. And lest we lose our steadfastness in God, what hope do they have to see who he is? They're not looking this way. They're looking this way. And so as they look this way, it is imperative that you get filled with Christ. Amen? Take the time. And so today about hearing, Romans 10, 17, as a passage, it's not in your notes. Please write it down. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing from the word of God. Now, that word hearing from the, the word is not a, talking about a logos, a written uh, uh, written or inscribed word. It's talking about a rhema where God speaks inside of your heart. And last week we talked about six different ways that Jesus had healed. Yet he's a healer, so his healing virtue, his, his, his methodology, if you would, it wasn't so much about doing it differently. It was a word from God. God says, do it this way, differently, this time, do it differently. His point is that God's still a healer. He's a healer of COVID. Jesus is a healer yesterday, today, and forever. He's always going to be a healer. He's a provider. Whether you're struggling with, you know, with, with your, in your job place, God is still a provider. We're going to read a passage in, in just a moment found in Isaiah chapter 55 that the Lord literally woke me up today with and said, today put this in the message. Isaiah chapter 55. Is any of you thirsty? Is any of you thirsty? So today, if you're um, underneath those, uh, the attack or the frustration or the maliciousness of somebody else. I see family turning against family. The Bible talked about this, what happened. But what we need to do is what spirit are you ready to respond to the wrong one? How do you say, well, Pastor, how do you know the, it's the wrong? Well, the, the wrong spirit, the Bible says in James chapter 3, and again, we're not turning there today. Where there's envy, strife, and contention. Do not boast about this kind of wisdom. This wisdom is earthly, it's sensual, it's demonic. It's very clear what spirit that is. The Bible's very said it's earthly, it's sensual, it's demonic. You know, and we're trained by our senses. How how is this affecting us? And we're and it's all but it's not our spiritual sense. It's our physical sense that we're so concerned about. We are so scared, and even church people are so scared of what's, you know, what, what's next, what's coming up next. And we should be of those who are of fullness of his joy, fullness of his hope. Romans 10, 17 says, faith cometh by hearing. God, what are you speaking to me today? What are you saying in this hour for my marriage? What are you saying in this hour for being a police officer? What are you saying in this hour for whether, you know, I'm on the workplace and I'm, I'm visiting all of these um, aspects and I'm, I'm actually having these encounters with so many different people. Am I listening only to what my employer is saying? Who's truly your employer? We talk about it. He is Yahweh, God himself. I mean, Jehovah. 
Jireh, my provider. All right, I'm going to read a passage to you, Isaiah chapter 55. Again, this is not in your notes, so please write it down. Is anyone thirsty? Come and drink. If even if you have no money, come, take your choice of wine or milk. It's all free. Why spend your money on food that does not give you strength? Why pay for food that does, not, that does you no good? For instance, you know, a few months ago when this whole thing, this pandemic began to start, everybody began buy toilet paper. <laughs> you know, I look at this thing, why spend your money on toilet paper? Why spend your money going on? I mean, I mean I, is that just too, too real for you guys? But I mean, that's what it seemed like everybody was doing because everybody was trying to deal with their senses. They were worried what was going to come on the outside, you know, come on the outside of them, not what was coming on the inside. Brothers, sisters in Christ, God is still speaking. Why pay for food that does no, you no good? Listen to me and you will eat what is good. You will enjoy the finest food. Come to me with your ears wide open. Listen and you'll find life. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. I will give you all the unfailing love. I will promise to David. See how I used him to display my power among the people. God wants to use you, work through you to display who he is to the people. I made him a leader amongst the nations. I'm gonna, God says, I'm gonna make you a leader in your workplace. I'm gonna make you a leader in your community. I'm gonna make you a leader in your church. I'm gonna make you a leader in your family. You also will command nations you do not know and peoples unknown to you will come running to obey because I, the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, have made you glorious. Seek the Lord while he can be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked change their ways and banish the very thought of doing wrong. Let them turn to the Lord that he may have mercy. Yes, turn to our God, for he will forgive generously. And we know this one, right? My thoughts are, uh, are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours, and my thoughts higher than yours. The rain and snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. It is the same with my word. Now, I'm talking about God wanting to speak inside of you a word. He goes, God says, I send it out and it will always produce fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to and it will prosper wherever I send it. Father, I ask that you we would have ears to hear, that we would have eyes to see, that we would have a perceptive heart. Father, I pray, Lord God, that you forgive my rocky heart. Forgive our rocky hearts. Lord, I pray that that you could take this time to to have our hearts prepared for the, the soil of the Lord God and your word of truth that would come in, that it would produce your plan, your design in and through our lives. Please forgive us, cleanse us from all of the nonsense that's going on around us. And may we be assertive in, Lord God, in in hearing you. Lord, aiming, Lord, looking to you. We thank you for this moment of worship with you in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. In John chapter 10, verse 14, we talked about this last week a little bit. Says, God says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep, they know me. Just as my father knows me and I know the father, so I sacrifice my life for the sheep. 
I have other sheep too that are not in this sheepfold. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice and there will be one flock with one shepherd. John 14 verse 60 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life and no one can come to the Father except through me. So just recapping really quickly here. In Isaiah chapter 55, it says, is anyone thirsty? Is anyone hungry? Is anyone aiming for in this hour that God can pour forth his, his spirit inside of our lives? And now I wanna reference, because many of us don't really understand and, and we don't put ourselves in the context of who, who Isaiah is talking to. Now, it is a lot like today. Isaiah is talking to God's people that are living in Babylon and it's good. Babylon is a prosperous city and country and nation. Things are really well and God is asking his people to go back to, his home, to, to the homeland where it's rocky, where it's, um, uh, the soil is, is basically um, hard and it's gonna be really, and, and it's not prosperous. The temple isn't built and God is asking his people to go back to his homeland God's homeland and rebuild the temple and rebuild his plan. I believe God is doing the same thing today. Only the temple is you. God is asking us today to go back to the homeland. Go back to our, us as a temple of the Holy Spirit where we would be thirsty and hungry for longing for the Lord to do a great work inside. And yes, we're gonna have to go back and realize that our hearts are a little bit rocky. And there are some things that are, gonna, that are undone. There are some things that we're gonna have to leave the, the comfort of what we've always known, the comfort of the way the church has always been, the comfort of the way that we've always done things and walk away from the, 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 the world, you would say, and come right back into, Holy Spirit, here I am. What do you wanna do in this hour of my life? What do you want from my life? It's going to be a lot different just like it was in the hour that God was speaking. In fact, God already gave me a word for next week's message. It's called a remnant. He spoke to me this morning. He says, I don't want you to preach on it today. I want you to preach on it next week. Next week. There's a remnant. God is working a remnant. And God is a keeper of his people. And I'm so thankful he's a keeper because if God's keeping power wasn't around me, I don't know how much I would probably have been spun off in some wrong place already. He's keeping us. Now, if his keeping power is within us, it's through his Holy Spirit, are we readying ourselves to do all he can do in this hour? Whether we're a police officer, whether we're in a shop, whether we're a counselor, whether we're retired, whether we're, you know, whether we are unemployed, are we allowing his keeping, his Holy Spirit power to work in and through our lives? Today, I want you to learn how to hear his voice, how to hear God's voice. I am interviewing all kinds of people around me. And in fact, I do it on purpose right now. Throughout the week, Christians, non-Christians, or people that don't claim to know Christ, uh, people in the workforce, people that are unemployed. And there's one thing that I'm always hearing is the noise of this world. I'm not hearing what God's saying. Well, what is God saying to you? And it gets really quiet. Well, what's God speaking to you in your heart today? And it gets really quiet. I hear about a bunch of, of, of whether I'm supposed to do this or I'm not supposed to do this. I hear a whole bunch of things about the governor, whether they like it or don't like it. I hear about the things about the president. I hear about um, political things. I hear about uh, color and race. I don't hear Christ. 
Uh, you know, when the Bible says, look unto him for your redemption draws nigh. You see, if you're looking at, if, let me tell you something, when I'm looking unto my wife, I'm not going to talk about somebody else. Because that would be offensive to Brenda. I mean, if I'm sitting there looking at her and all of a sudden I'm talking about somebody else, that's going to be offensive. If I'm looking unto Christ, why am I talking about this world? Obviously, I'm not looking unto Christ. I'm only observing. God wants us to go from an observation deck to a pressed in reality with Jesus. We got to stop getting in the, you know, in the, in the observation deck and say, well, I'll just, you know, I'll take a little of this and I'll take a little of this. And God goes all out for him. Amen? All in, all out for him. So how do we hear God's voice? If we could, I would like to say and, and read Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when you, the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything, to stand. There are going to be times in life, there are going to be times spiritually where you do not move forward. And I'm going to say it again. There are going to be times spiritually in your walk, I don't care how much you quote the Bible, I don't care how much you are praying, there are going to be times that you can do everything you got and just did not lose ground. The Bible says God does not take pleasure in those who draw back. God is wanting you to overcome. The whole book of Revelation starts out with blessed he overcomes. Blessed he overcomes. Not to he who some comes. Blessed he overcomes. Today we're living in an hour where there's a lot of maliciousness, there's a lot of evil, there's a spiritual anarchy going on, and God is going, are my people going to stand there ground in their faith? Do they know who I am? Do they trust who I am? Do they love who I am? Is the I am living on the inside or will they draw back because the arrows are being shot? And by the way, this is what I, I love about this. And I, in fact, I had a message here many years ago about this. If you're getting hit with the arrows, it's because you didn't put your, you didn't put your shield of faith up yesterday. The shield of faith quenches the fiery darts of the enemy. If you're getting hit with arrows, fiery darts of arrows, it's because of what you didn't do yesterday in the days, in the, your prior days. You need to be putting your shield of faith, and I'm going to talk to you about how you can do that in a few more minutes. It is imperative that we put on our spiritual armor on today. Stand firm then with a belt of truth buckled around your waist, with a breastplate of righteousness, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of, say it with me, faith, with which you can extinguish all flaming arrows. Does it say some? It says all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Number one in your study guides, to hear God's voice, you'll have to handle distractions. To hear God's voice, you will have to handle distractions and distractions are coming. Spiritual ones, you need to learn how to say no to things. In Luke chapter four, verse 42, Jesus, at daybreak, Jesus went out to a solitary place the people were looking for him, and when they came to where he was, they tried to keep him from leaving them. But he said, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to other towns also, because that is why I was sent. And he kept on preaching in the synagogue of Judea. Some of you, all you do is you're need motivated, not spiritually motivated. You're going to have to say no 
to things if you're gonna say yes to him. Jesus is in a place right there where the need is so great. They're pressing in. They want healing. They want food. They want his presence. Please help me. Stay in my city. Take care of me, 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 me. And Jesus is at this point looking at all the needs. You know his heart's crying out. But his father's saying, go to the next city. We need to know to take the next step because some of us get so distracted in the one we're in. You got to know how to say no. There are things right now, Satan will get spiritual things in front of you that will be such a distraction that you'll be so caught off guard and so caught up in it, you won't be doing the thing that God wants you to be doing. All you'll be doing is the thing that God wanted you yesterday. There are churches today that are kept, that are caught in what God did yesterday and they can't seem to get out of it and yet God is telling them to do something new today. We can't get caught up in what happened yesterday. Okay, there are revival meetings that God did yesterday, but we can go over there and sing those same songs, do the same laying on of hands that they did in that hour, but they will not revive what God did in that last hour because God says, behold, I'm doing something new. We got to be able, if God's gonna do something new in our lives, then we gotta go over there and recognize, we gotta say sometimes no to what he did yesterday and arrive ourselves into what God wants to do tomorrow. B, mentally let go. In Luke chapter 10, There's a reference to Martha, and Martha's out there serving and serving and serving. And some of us are just, that's what we're doing. We're serving, we're serving our kids, we're serving the church, we're serving our community, and we're serving and serving and serving, and we can't hear what God's doing because we're so distracted with serving Him. You know why? Because we look at somebody else and go, somebody else doesn't do it, I have to do it. Moms are great for this stuff. Okay, now please, I love you moms, I'm so grateful. But you ladies can just go and go and go from morning to night and you get so caught up with that moment and that place and going, well, somebody's got to do it. Well, that's not what Jesus said here. Here's what Jesus said to Martha. He said, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken from her. Mary was sitting at Jesus' feet. Are you being intentional about sitting at his feet? Make time to hear. Make time to hear what God is saying. You've got to, and I'm gonna tell you something, you ask God and God will make that place happen for you. And then physically get away. Luke 5, 16, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. And what I have found is when I was around my spiritual mentors, I always expected them to take me with them to that place. I would get around um, my uh, mentors and we would be on a mission trip or where I would work with them and I was a, a children's pastor, family pastor, and I was always expecting my pastor to make time in his schedule to take me along and, and then and we'd go pray together. You know what, that didn't happen. That didn't happen because it is a place. Jesus went and took himself out and found that place. What I have found is that I I find myself getting up earlier in the morning and finding that place. Or it'll be when I'm driving and all of a sudden the Lord will be speaking. Or it'll be just in some weird place where he'll just have me shut off the TV or whatever, just get caught up with him. It is imperative that you realize that, you know what? Allow God to be first in your life and he will go over there. And when he's knocking, are you 
listening. There's always going to be distractions. There's always going to be something you need to get done. There's always going to be a response. And if you're like me, you're a person who's so caught up with responsibilities. There's so I got more to do than I could possibly do. So if I listen to that voice of responsibility, I will never get away and listen to what God's saying. I have to take this point. But said the most responsible thing I can do is get away and spend time with him. The most responsible thing that I can do is get away and take a time to be with him. Number two, train your mind to surrender to your spirit. This will not be automatic. We are in a culture where we are given to make our way in life, assert our life. You need to train your mind to listen to your spirit. Your mind is want to be in charge. Your mind will want to be, and if your mind doesn't want to be in charge, your body will. And your body will tell you, this is what I want to eat. This is what I want to do. Why do you think God wants us to fast in life? It isn't because God goes, look, I just want you to eat carrots. I know you hate carrots. That's not what God wants. What God wants you to do is train yourself to listen, not to listen to your body first. Not to listen to your mind first. The reason God wants to do is so that you listen to your spirit. That's the whole objective. Why did Jesus fast? Because he wanted to listen to the Spirit. What is God saying? Jesus himself was full of God's Spirit, and yet he had to get himself away to pray. Yet he had to go over there and find himself and to engage God the Father through those quiet places. I want to read a, a, an excerpt from God's Word that talks about how difficult it would have been in this moment, and it's talking about Stephen. And it's found in Acts chapter seven, and it's not in your notes, so just listen, okay? Stephen is um, being accused, and he's doing these uh, exploits for God. There's healings, there's demons getting delivered, there's just great things, and and of course the church of that hour um, wants to stop him. And he gets arrested, he's put before these judges, and, 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 and Stephen just starts speaking from his heart about who God is in his life. I mean, isn't that beautiful? Just, that's how we should be living. We should just be speaking from our heart who God is in his life. And he, and he begins to just disclose, and this is what I think. Guys, if, if there's one thing I want you to remember is this right now, if you could just get this. When we begin to talk to people about God, just talk about who he is. Who is God in your life? And so, for me, God's a healer. Um, God is, is a, a, you know, he's a lover. He's a forgiver. Um, he's, he a, a allows me to do things I don't deserve. And, and, and I begin to, just to begin to converse. And this week, I had a bunch of inter, you know, intersections with people to talk about God. And, and, and what happens is, that in those moments, I'm bragging about God. Because honestly, I don't have I, anything that's good in me it isn't because of me, it's because of God in me, amen? So I'm just bragging about God, and all of a sudden, this moment, as I'm bragging about God, there's this Holy Spirit moment. As I'm just talking about God, this is what happened in Acts chapter 7. Stephen's just bragging about God. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit speaks right through him to the people of that hour. And I find the same thing. Or I can be just bragging about God in the hospital and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit speak right through me. And I'll go, well, I wasn't, I wasn't prepared for that. That was a God moment. Here we go. Acts chapter seven, 
Stephen's bragging about God and all of a sudden he speaks to these men in this justice scenario. He goes, you stubborn people. Now, I'm not saying this is what the Holy Spirit's gonna say to you, but it could be. You are heathen at heart and deaf to truth. Must you forever resist the Holy Spirit? That's what your ancestors did and so do you. Name one prophet your ancestors didn't persecute. They even killed the ones who predicted the coming of the righteous one, the Messiah, whom you betrayed. You deliberately disobeyed God's law even though you received it from the hands of angels. The Jewish leaders were infuriated by Stephen's accusation and they shook their fist. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed steadily into heaven and saw the glory of God. He saw Jesus standing in the place of honor and at God's right hand. And he told them, look, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the place of honor at God's right hand. Then they put their hands over the ears and began to shout. I share this with you is that here's this moment, Stephen's bragging about God and all of a sudden God gives him this, this, this heavenly perspective, out, this out of this world moment. Now, God will do this in a word God will do it through you praying for somebody. God will do it through insight because all you're doing is just bragging about who God is. You're sharing who God is in your life and then you're opening your heart to be a vessel that he can pour through. Like remember we talked about last week, leaking God. You're just having an opportunity to leak God and this moment happens. This happens when we're hearing and we're seeing things that are not of this world. Stephen is not looking for his source of this world. He's not looking for, you know, that some way that, that the healing is of this world. He's not looking for the source of provision of this world. He's not looking for answers from this world. He knows where his source is. His source is God himself. And all of a sudden, because he's thirsty for that source, God is going to fill him. God is going to fill him. What do you see? I mean, what are you longing for? Is the anxiety of the moment that you're living in filling you? Is it frustrating you? Is it scaring you? What is filling you in your thoughts? Is it becoming such a distraction that you find yourself, your vocabulary is never talking about who God is or what God is, but all of what this world is and who this world is? You know what the Bible says, that the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If, if, you, if I get around you for five or 10 minutes and all you speak about is what's going on in this world today, then that's what you're filling your heart with. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And the Bible says in Proverbs says, it's so important to guard your heart with all diligence. Guard it. For out of it come the issues of life. Who's really the issue? God? Is he truly your issue? Is he truly what you want to be thinking about? Truly what you'll be moving about? I mean, I love this place of worship. I love to, to get filled with what the Holy Spirit has for our lives. I long to get, you know what, to say, what is God saying next? What does God want to do in this hour of our life? That's what we need to be tapping into. Number three, in closing, get closer to his voice. It will ensure what you're hearing. The Bible says very clearly in, in James, it says, drawing near, it says, so humble yourself before God, resist the devil, and he will flee. Come close to God, and he'll come close to you. 
Wash your hands, you sinners, purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Does that not sound like today? Our loyalty is divided between God and this world. And then God says, purify your hearts. Purify your hearts. I'm asking God, I said, Lord, I want my heart to be true to you. I want my perspective of what I see to be true to you. So how do we do that? Really quickly in your notes, it says daily devote your life and mind to God's plan. Look for those moments when you know that God's handiwork is present. Look through life with your spiritual eyes wide open and then your heart must have a readiness to serve. Your heart must be, have a readiness to serve him. The last point I wanna make is resist the temptation to distrust. Do you know that the Bible says that, that the only way to please God is through faith? And we, we opened up this service with faith cometh by hearing and hearing from the word of God. And the Bible says that the only way to please God is, is through faith. And that we also know the Bible says God says he doesn't take pleasure in those who draw back. I'm finding myself in my prayer closet and, and saying, God, cleanse me from the noise. Purify, God, I pray that my heart become pure, that I, I, can, that I can literally be in, in the midst of all the, the enemy and the distractions of this world, that the slightest thing you're saying, I can hear for that person right next to me. That, I, you know, that I'm, I'm over there and I'm filling up my truck with fuel and the person right next to me um, is, is lost. Can I hear? Can I hear that moment? Or am I so busy with, the, you know, with what's next? And I'm, am I so distracted with it? Or, or, the, or the place where um, this, the world and the cares of this world, what's gonna happen next? Are, is my company gonna downsize? Am I gonna lose? And so my, my mind just races with the downsizing. And then my mind races with, or maybe what's gonna go on and you know, the governor's orders on Monday and they, they changed again. Is my mind gonna race toward that? Or, or, is, or am I gonna get frustrated when, when I'm, I'm, I'm met with, with people that are, you know, that are being accusatory to my kids? Or even accusatory toward me? Am I gonna allow the, the cares and the frustrations of this world to be a distraction when God aches? Did Jesus not come to the cross and to get on the cross for this hour of our lives? Is that cross something that was yesteryear or is that today? Is his redemptive power still work today? Is his saints, are, are we so literally stained with the frustrations and, the, and literally, are we aiming at our frustrations toward them because they're frustrated toward, you know what the spirit of intimidation does, don't you? It makes you rise up and intimidate them back. That's what it does. Now, I'm gonna share this with what I'm seeing. In fact, I shared it with my elders today. I'll close on this thought. Years ago, I was in a, in a, a meeting, and I've shared, some of you have heard this before, but it's, it's it's necessary to remind you. God said, never forget what just happened. I believe it's for this very hour I'm living in that this happened to me 20 some years ago. 
I was with a pastor and an elder, and we were talking about a church starting in Muskegon of all things. This is way before God sent me up here. And there was, there was animosity over the timing of it. There, the elder wanted to get this church started. He just came off a mission trip with the pastor. And the pastor says, you're not, you're, you're not prepared, you're not ready. And the elder goes, you're trying to hold me back. You're not of God. And the other one was saying, you're not of God. Now again, these are, this is a pastor and an elder, these people I respect. And that my pastor asked me to be present. So it was just me, this pastor, and this elder. And God spoke to me. Faith cometh by hearing and the hearing of the word of God. And God asked me to do one of the most difficult things I've ever had to do. He goes, I want you to shut up and just observe. I don't want you to say one thing. I just want you to be quiet and observe. And I watched the spirit of confusion come in that room. We are in that hour right now. I am watching the spirit of confusion, the same spirit I watched in my pastor's office come in and hurt people that I love, come in that room and confuse a brother, two brothers. I'm watching churches be confused today. I'm watching families be confused today. It's a spirit of confusion that's in this place. And then that spirit of confusion, it literally, I watched the spirit leave the room and then invite the spirit of manipulation to come in the room. Watched it happen. And the spirit of manipulation came in the room. And all of a sudden, when people were, the confusion came where people were a little bit, you know, opinions were common and, you know, here you said, I thought you said this and I thought you said that. I thought you meant this. I thought you meant that. And then manipulation came in the room and it became to leverage those thoughts. Well, my, my thoughts are, you know, I, I think I have a little stronger, I have a little stronger opinion. Mine is based a little bit more on the word of God. I'm more of faith than you're of faith. You are, you're not in faith. Your prayers aren't as strong as my prayers. You're not hearing what God's saying. I am hearing what God, this, this was going, I'm watching this go on right in the room. And it became a little bit more volatile. And then I watched the spirit of manipulation leave the room. We haven't got to this yet. And invite the spirit of control come in. And when the spirit of control, I mean the spirit of control barely got in the room and there were things that I would never want to repeat from heathen, let alone godly men. Things that were said in, in, in the fingers that were pointed and the, in the maliciousness and the anger and those two brothers separated for never to be back together again. Brothers in Christ just left a mission field not six months before this doing great things for Jesus. All because they allowed the spirit of, where did it start? Confusion. They allowed that confusion to get in their heart. Then they allowed, from there, they allowed that confusion to become manipulation. The Bible's very clear. It says this, take every thought captive and make it obedient in Jesus. If you love Jesus, then you're my brother and my sister. And you may have difference of opinions on what's going on or what we're supposed to do and what we're not supposed to do, but you are my brother and my sister in Christ. 
And though you may accuse me, though you may be confused about where my stance is, I will not allow those hurts or those frustrations to come and I will not get manipulated by those. I will not allow the enemy to divide my heart toward you. Amen? And that's the stance. We take those, th- those thoughts captive so that we can worship. And it's very clear that there's a Pharaoh that's living in this world today. And that Pharaoh does not want people to worship God again. And we need to rise up and worship our maker, our creator, our Lord. Because worship brings a freedom and a liberty inside of our spirit. And if we cannot worship our God, how in the world are we ever going to find freedom? It was so important that God himself said this. He says to Moses, he says, we had to deliver. He says, you tell Pharaoh to let my people go that they may worship me. Worship is a place of heart. It is not a place of building. You are a temple of the Holy Ghost. You should be finding yourself in worship and not worshiping your experiences, not worshiping your frustration. And worship just means you're giving your thoughts, you're giving your expressions, you're giving your reasoning, you're giving your life to it. If you find yourself giving yourself so much anxiety, and anxiety, all anxiety is this, is a meditation on the wrong thing. That's all anxiety is. It's a meditation on the wrong thing. What if we were to give ourselves a meditation on the right thing? What if our meditation was on the Lord? What if our meditation was on unity of the Spirit? What if our meditation was that we're going to be the light of this world? What if our meditation was that I'm going to find my brothers and sisters and I want to encourage them, not because they go to the same temple of God that I go to, but because they're brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm going to come and pray against the spirit of confusion, against the spirit of manipulation, the spirit of control. I'm going to find myself being a strengthening the brothers and sisters instead of going over there and weakening the faith by throwing the accusations and opinions that everybody else is doing. Every child will go over there and they will sit. I have all kinds of grandkids. They go, why grandpa? Why grandpa? Why grandpa? There are so many young baby Christians going and asking why right now. And you will not be able to convince them of the truth because they're too immature to know that truth. But I'm going to tell you something. You can create a culture that gets those little grandbabies safe. You can create a culture that will help those people to, to be in the unity of faith. You can create a culture to be the strength and the steadfastness of who Christ is. Or you can create a culture that goes over there and just says, well, they're just a bunch of young, dumb people. Father, God, I pray that we would rise up and be what you've called us to be. Lord, I renounce confusion in the body of Christ right now. God, I renounce the spirit of lies the enemy, the father of lies. And Father, I announce that you, Holy Spirit, you're speaking in this hour. I pray, and God, I announce we're gonna have ears to hear. We're gonna have ears, Lord God, to hear it. We're gonna have eyes to see it. We're gonna have a heart that's perceptive. God, I pray, Lord God, Lord, throughout the body of Christ that there'll be a body that would rise up and even, Lord God, the remnant would rise up and not accuse the ones that are lost. But God, raise them up and be, Lord God, like the elephants, Father God, they would rise. Those who are strong in God would, Lord, get surrounded around those that are weak in God. Lord, that we would be the children of God that you called us to be. That we would not find ourselves, Father, in the wrong spirit because we're in this distracted by the things of this world. God, use it to get us out of this world into a heavenly seat with you. Lord, as we worship you right now, we find ourselves in that heavenly seat above this stuff. Lord, we can see how you can see it. Lord, I pray that our dimness of view gets clear with the clarity of your holiness. You are a holy God. You are a wonderful creator. You are a wonderful father. You are a wonderful 
wonderful provider. You are a wonderful healer. You are strong and mighty. You are just God. And we thank you for who you are in our life. We ask right now that, Lord, you'd go stronger in our hearts. We're resolved to know you. Lord, we're hungry and we're thirsty for you and your ways. God, that we could be the body of Christ you called us to be, not just so that we're in these four walls, but outside these walls, that people might see you through our lives. They might find hope, they might find love, they might find truth, they might find a path, the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus, be expressed, be glorified in and through our lives. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, let's, let's stand up, let's worship our God together. If you liked this message, we want you to share it. Subscribe to more podcasts through mylifechangechurch.tv. Get involved. Ask for prayer. Share your story. Go to mylifechangechurch.tv. I'm Karma Adams, producer. We'll see you next week.